Hi, everyone, and welcome to The Smell Podcast. I am your host, Katie Boateng. This week, join me in conversation with Stephanie Foyer. Stephanie has dealt with anosmia herself and was inspired to help create the World Taste and Smell Association as a result. We talk about her personal experiences and dive into both the World Taste and Smell Association and World Taste and Smell Day, which happens yearly on September 14th. Let's jump in and listen to the interview. Hi, Stephanie. Welcome to the Smell Podcast. How are you doing today? All good, Katie. I'm delighted to be here. Thanks for joining me. So can you please introduce yourself to the audience? And we'd like to know a little bit more about what's your personal experience with smell and taste dysfunction? So my name is Stephanie Foyer. I um, I had a long um, history of uh, career in marketing, and I'm also a writer. And I lost my sense of smell after a virus in 2017. Um, and when I did, nobody really knew what it was. I went to doctors. I, I was living in New York City at the time and went to, you know, renowned specialists. And basically they said, you know, you're just going to have to learn to live with it. There's nothing you can do. And I had seen a little bit um, from Absent about smell training. So, you know, patient support is everything. Um, And tried that and kind of my own version of smell training because I had also lost my sense of taste and I'm I'm an avid home cook and that just drove me crazy. Um, And so I would only eat things that I had eaten before. Exactly. And tried to kind of visualize what the experience had been and the like, um, and did get some of my taste and smell back and then started with the distortions, which, um, you know, I know probably a lot of people who are listening to this have experienced and it's, uh, loss is one thing, but the distortions are just mind bogglingly awful. And mine lasted for quite a while. I had both parosmia and phantosmia. And now, five years later, I still suffer from bouts of phantosmia. I've gotten about, I would say, half of my smell back, a little bit more of my taste back. There are still things that I absolutely can't eat or, you know, distort. And some days are still better than others. Yeah, I've I'm on record as not having experienced parosmia and I just it just sounds so awful just hearing from people that I've spoken with and then reading about it on social media. So I'm sorry that you experienced that. I'm curious a little bit about the phantosmia. How do you know um that it's a phantom smell versus something in the environment? Is there like a clear difference in for you? Phantosmia is is fascinating and really kind of mind. Yeah, I used mind boggling before, but it really is mind boggling to experience. And I was kind of questioned about my sanity when I when I first started happening. But they're not smells that um, would exist in your environment. They're tied to other things. They're not triggered by anything that distorts. They come out of the blue. Mm -hmm. So I could be um, walking down the street and overwhelmingly smell something that I would call, and I had a a few of them, old lady perfume. Mm -hmm. And it would stay with me. You know, there's this smell lock and it would stay with me for a very long time. 
Um, a couple I was able to kind of trace back to kind of the phantom experience for for much of the pandemic. I smelled September 11th, um, which was a very particular. It's it, it's not quite the same as the Perosmia garbage burning smell. It it has some you know a different um, nuance. There's a lot more like plastic and and tos- toxic stuff in it because I was in um, New York uh, for September 11th and lost a good friend. And for me, the beginning of the pandemic and of course everybody losing their sense of smell and hearing about it um, as I'm sure you did. And, you know, so many people who um, had already been on record as, as suffering, because I had written about it. um, It just, it, it stressed me out. So, and it, triggered the emotional um, feelings that I had after September 11th and that smell accompanied it. Yeah, that does sound really stressful and smell is so visceral and tied to emotion. So it's interesting that you experienced that. Um, I'm glad to hear that you've recovered some of your sense of smell now. That's, that's good to hear that you've had some recovery. How was it when you were explaining what you were experiencing to your friends and family, what was that like for you? Oh my God. It was, I mean, you know, now people have heard of anosmia. I didn't, I didn't even know the word. Mm. Um, And I remember I had a, um, a, a coworker say, Oh, well, it's just because, you know, the smells aren't strong. And she literally stuck her salad with blue cheese mm. in my, you know, in my face and said, you must smell this. Said, mm. No, I don't. <laughs> um, so and problematic. a lot of people were annoyed by it as if, and I wasn't trying to be, you know, difficult, but, um, you know, oh, is, you know, questions like, is something burning? Does the dog smell or his ears infected? I don't know. You tell me, mm. um, you know, it's very, very troubling on a day-to-day basis. And then the other thing that I think people don't really think about a lot that um, really bothered me was the social cues that you get from smell. Um, not just the kind of, you know, the extreme kind of falling in love when, when, you know, you, you're really drawn to somebody and everything about them in, envelops you. There's that. But then the, the more basic stuff, like, you know, sometimes, you know, when somebody is unshowered or drunk or, mm-hmm. I mean, has just had a meal, you, you process these things without having to ask these questions. Right. Yeah. And all of that information was gone. And those are probably bad examples, but they, you know, that's kind of just what's coming to mind at the moment, but you, you lose so much. You do. So one of the main reasons that I was so excited to speak with you today is we're going to talk a little bit more about the World Taste and Smell Association. So can you let us know what is the World Taste and Smell Association? How was it formed and what is the focus? Well, um, during the pandemic, there was a group of um, scientists that got together, scientists and clinicians, uh, the Global Consortium of Chemosensory Scientists. And one of the scientists in China said, why is there not a, a, a day devoted 
to taste and smell. Um, and that kind of started the ball rolling. Um, one of the, the board members of the GCCR um, was one of the directors at Monell and then um, the Monell uh, Chemical Senses Center got um, involved through Jennifer Trackman, their um, director of development, and started this organization reaching out to um, both scientists and people who are very prominent in um, the perfume industry and um, sensory research. And the idea to create a Taste and Smell Day was um, uh, devised. And we settled on September 14th. They brought me in kind of in the middle of the process. Um, and, um, you know, we've taken it, we we launched last year and we've taken it a little bit farther. We spent some time uh, this year creating a nonprofit association in New York uh, so we could really do um, uh a broad base of activities um, and give us a, a solid launching pad. Um, and, you know, we're, we're ramping up. So we do have a number of events this year that we could, you know, talk about in a minute, but the idea um, there, there, uh, you know, a couple of things behind it. Um, we want to really celebrate how smell um, and taste make our lives better. You know, it's it's the the great sensory um, experiences that so many people experienced through loss, not just, you know, you and I, but millions of people had had smell loss from COVID. Some just lasted a little bit, but, you know, sadly, 15 million people now um, worldwide are going to continue to have smell and taste loss. And, you know, it's unfortunate that through loss, people um, understood how much smell and taste add to our lives. So we want to celebrate that element, but we also want to elevate the um, activities that create a, a, a deeper understanding, the science, um, you know, things that uh, sommelier testing, people who are creating new ways to talk about uh, smell and taste because they're they're hard to describe, um, and people who are coming up with new uses, and we do, and we're putting a lot of effort into creating some programs to support innovators and creators um, and scientists who are um, working on new applications for taste and smell, and of course. Um, we want to support people who have smell and taste dysfunction. It's a, <clears throat> it's amazing that you all got together and started this organization with the focus on both taste and smell and the celebration of them, because you and I know, um, and the goal of the smell podcast and my work also with Stana is to spread awareness about how important these things are. So I'm so excited that you guys are existing in the world now, the World Taste and Smell Association. I want to tell you all about an exciting opportunity which I have personally participated in before. Fraukagalia runs the 21-day Jumpstart Smell Training Program, which is a habit-building program designed for acquired anosmics, hyposmics, and parosmics. The program starts on Monday, October 3rd. It's email-based so that it can easily be integrated into your schedule and daily life. And importantly, it allows you to be located anywhere in the world to join. 
you'll get your daily email first thing in the morning. The program includes pre-programmed setup support and guidance, an e-journal and workbook to record progress and stay motivated, 21 days of inspirational emails, an optional smell buddy to help keep you accountable, three recorded motivational mindset coaching videos from Vrauka. Plus, you'll also receive free re-registration to future smell training sessions for ongoing support and motivation if you like. And once you're in, you can do as many future sessions on Frauka as you want. I've done the program before and it is excellent. So make sure to click on the link in the episode notes to sign up now. So speaking a little bit more about the event on September 14th, how can people get involved in the celebration of the day? Well, there are a bunch of things that we, we're, we're doing and a bunch of things that people can do. Um, the first thing I would say is go take a look at tasteandsmell.world. That is our website. And um, we do have information about um, our virtual panel a survey that we're doing, and a number of events worldwide that are going on, a fundraiser in New York, and then, you know, other ways that people can get involved. Um, I'd love to tell you a little bit about the panel first, because people can sign up. There's a link on the website. Um, It is on September 14th at noon um, Eastern Standard Time. And um, we have some amazing, amazing people, um, experts and innovators and science and, and, you know, the kind of the cutting edge of of, uh, technology and smell. Um, And uh, it's going to be a great discussion about the wonders of, of taste and smell, because, again, we know about how smell and taste enhance our lives through sensory appeal, but there's so much more. So we have Mandy Aftel, who, you know, has written uh, a a bunch of books, and she's a natural essences expert. Um, Jeanette Andrews, who's a scent illusionist, and if you've never heard of that or seen that, um, you you know, you must hear about it, because it just, it's mind expanding. And um, we have Dr. Um, Brahmina from Nigeria, who is an award-winning um, head uh, ENT and neck surgeon, who's going to talk about some of the um, advances in the science of taste and smell loss. Um, Joel Mainland, who is um, on the faculty of the Monell Chemical Sciences Center and is one of the pioneers in digital olfaction. And he does wild things and knows, you know, just an amazing amount about the, the cutting edge of smell. Barry Smith um, is um, a philosopher at the University of London, and I I believe he heads up the department there, and he's also a sommelier. He's worked with a number of um, the smell loss organizations, particularly absent, and has been uh, a really vocal advocate for for people with smell loss and and what it all means. And um, Qian Yu, um, who does computational science um, for a company called Agora. All of them are going to be talking about different aspects of taste and smell. And I promise that everybody who listens is going to learn something that they didn't know. 
That is on September 14th at noon. Um, Again, the idea is to really get people excited about taste and smell in ways beyond their daily experience, whatever their daily experience may be. That event does sound very cool. And how can people sign up for that? There's a link. It's a Zoom link. And um, the link is on the website, um, tasteandsmell.world. Awesome. Okay. So we'll make sure. Because if I give you, if I give you the long, you know, Zoom login, it's not going to be helpful. Um, You know, and and of course people can sign up to, to, we say, join the movement um, on the website. That'll put you on our mailing list and we'll send that Zoom link out to you as well. Um, In addition to the panel, there are a number of other activities going on in China. Uh, Once again, the um, second affiliated hospital in, I may not be pronouncing this properly, Xingtao University, um, and my apologies for bad pronunciation, um, is holding an all-day seminar on the latest in smell and taste loss, smell training and different ways that it could work. And in the afternoon, there's an open outpatient clinic um, for people who um, are experiencing smelling taste dysfunctions. Um, There's a similar program um, in the Philippines um, and um, the Institute of Art and Olfaction is having an open day um, where you can learn a little bit about perfumery. In Detroit, um, there is a um, smell-related cocktail bar that is doing a particular, they're called Castillo, and the um, information, again, is all on our website, tasteandsmell.world, they're doing a special cocktail called the Pale Shadow. It is a cocktail without scent so that people can kind of experience some of what it's like to lose your taste and smell. And they're donating the proceeds to, you know, smell loss um, organizations and research. And I hope that people will find their own ways to take a moment to celebrate um, taste and smell in their lives. And, you know, there, there are a number of other things that are, that I can't quite announce just yet, but you, you'll see on the website, including, um, you know, an amazing uh, celebration and fundraiser in New York that um, is actually um, by, by invitation um, and should be, Uh, a great event as well. And that's uh, to raise funds for some of our future um, support activities. The survey. Yeah. Yeah. There's a lot going on. It's, it's been busy. Um, And I would love to tell you a little bit about the survey too. Um, During the pandemic, um, I think you um, are familiar with Rachel Herz. Um, She's written a number of books on smell and taste. She's a professor at Brown. She's been, you know, one of the leading advocates for um, paying more attention to smell and taste. 
And during the pandemic, she, along with Martha Bajek, um, conducted a survey to see if after all that we had gone through collectively about smell and taste loss, because so many people read about it or experienced it, were we still dismissive of the value of our sense of smell? And it was a small survey, but sadly she found still, you know, compared to uh, many things, um, people would give up their sense of smell before they'd give up uh, other activities. Um, we thought this was really important because we often say the senses of taste and smell are neglected, but what does that mean exactly? How neglected? Where, where is this on a scale? I, we do live in a visiocentric world. Um, what you see really matters. What you hear really matters. We all love music that it's not to take away from the other senses, but, but where, where do taste and smell fall in that spectrum? And what would you give up before you might give up your sense of taste or smell? So that's a survey that we're fielding now, um, and we're fielding it globally. Uh, that also, the link is also on the website, tasteandsmell.world. And we really do hope to get um, a very broad base of participation so that we can analyze exactly how people feel. I don't want to give away the too many of the questions just because I think you know, that, that taints the science a little bit, but, you know, what some of your, would I rather do this or that um, kinds of questions. And it will give us some new insight into how much people do or do not value their sense of taste and smell. And if we continue it over, over time, which we intend to, um, we wonder if um, there will be any change. One thing that I wanted to ask you about is in addition to all of the events that you've outlined and the ways that people can participate is the Exploratorium. I was able to participate in that last year. Will you be doing that again? Um, it's still up and it's still, that, that was so fun because what we, we basically asked people to share things that they loved about uh, taste and smell. And that's still there. And it's just, it's, it's wonderful to kind of graze that site um, and that's still available. We're not necessarily um, promoting that as much um, this year because we really did want to focus on some of the other activities. Um, thankfully, we're able to do a couple of things in person this year, which we were not able to do last year. Right. Well, very cool. So I'd like to ask if you have anything else that you'd like to add about the day or the organization. Well, um, we are looking to really unite taste and smell for a particular reason, which is that's how it works in our bodies. This is how it works as part of the human experience. And often, and this is particularly true in industry, you know, in the, the um, and also in academia, that 
people who are involved in taste and people who are involved in smell aren't necessarily talking to one another. We'd like to change that. And we'd like to um, really unite all the organizations that are working in this general realm. Um, we really feel very strongly that it's important to support people who have lost their sense of taste and smell. But we also think that by celebrating all that's great and innovative about taste and smell, um, we can um, show how important these senses really are. I mean, disease detection has been an area where people are now paying a little bit more attention uh, to um what smell can do. It's not just bomb sniffing dogs, but dogs can sniff out COVID or ovarian cancer, which is very, very hard to detect. Um, electronic sensors can tell us so many things. Smell can influence through virtual reality, um, people's moods and scent can really change um, your emotional um, uh, being, particularly in the case of PTSD and, um, you know, some mental challenges as well. So there's just, there's just a whole realm of possibility for um, working with taste and smell that we want um, to make people broadly aware of. I would love it if people would donate to, to the cause um, and on tasteandsmell.world. There is an opportunity to do that for people who um, have groups uh, that are involved in taste and smell. Um, tell us if you want to do an event on September 14th, World Taste and Smell Day, um, and we'll um, work with you and we'll promote it. And um, other ideas we're really very open to. We do want to make this um, a sustained long-term uh, program. That sounds amazing. Um, <clears throat> it, it sounds like there are so many opportunities for people to get involved this year and for organizations to get involved in the celebration of the event. I would recommend to everyone listening to go to tasteandsmell.world to check out all of the different resources and events that Stephanie is sharing. And again, I'll include those in the episode notes. How can listeners follow World Taste and Smell Association online? Um, we're, we're on Twitter, we're on Insta, we're on LinkedIn, we're on Facebook. Please, you know, go to uh, the website and then, you know, that's the easiest way to, you know, click through and sign on. And um, we are using the hashtag uh, taste and smell day for September 14th. So please feel free to use that. Awesome. Taste and smell day. Well, thank you so much for joining me today and sharing all of this information with everyone. I'm very excited for the second annual celebration. Thank you, Katie. Thank you to Stephanie for joining me on the podcast to talk about the World Taste and Smell Association and their upcoming events. World Taste and Smell Day is happening on September 14th. Check out their website for all the links she mentioned and make sure to follow them on social media. The 
the Smell and Taste Association of North America is the first patient organization focused on smell and taste disorders in the USA. To find out more, visit Stana's website online at www.thestana.org. Stana is an official 501c3 nonprofit, so any donations are tax deductible. We're still fundraising to help all of us with smell and taste disorders, so please donate on our website if you can. Check out the latest series of programming called Stana Live Sensory Insights on Instagram, where we interview people from the world of taste and smell. You can visit our Instagram page to view all of the previous interviews, and you will also now find Stana on YouTube. For any questions or if you'd like to get involved, please visit the website or email us at info Thanks for listening and until next time, have a great day.